Hello, my loves. I am so happy that you're here and that you're back. This is going to be another amazing guest interview with Kimberly Graham. So Kimberly Graham is a teacher turned entrepreneur and a spender turned money organization lover. She is a mom of two and her and her husband collectively paid off $76,000 of student loan debt in 28 months and have been consumer debt free ever since. So she helps female entrepreneurs and their families understand how do they organize their income? How do they profit first in their business and actually put money back into their pockets? Just in the last 18 months, she's helped female entrepreneurs pay off and save over 300K in business and personal funds. So she is definitely such a credible, such a knowledgeable and just really authentic person that I trusted to come on here and share with you some really powerful tips and mindset shifts so that you can start profiting first as an entrepreneur and making sure that you feel a sense of control and safety and empowerment around your money situation. We talk about debt, we talk about profiting first, we talk about mindset and really tactical things that you can start implementing today to better budget and manage your money so that you can provide for yourself and for your family. I know that you're going to get so much value out of it. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Welcome to the Liberated Latina podcast, your space to be activated and elevated so you can become a sought after coach online. I'm your host, Daisy Lopez, visibility coach, helping amazing women of color coaches reclaim their voice and have a poppin' and profitable online presence. Visibility is so much deeper than just strategy and mindset alone. Here you'll get the concepts and tools that will amplify your message and catapult you as an irresistible choice in your niche. The time for women of color leadership is here. Ready? Of course you are. Let's dive into the episode. All right, my beautiful ladies, I am so excited. This interview has been in the works for a while. (laughs) I'm so excited (laughs) to bring Kimberly to you because money can be a very loaded conversation, especially with us as Latinas and women of color. But it's so important that we allow ourselves to have a sense of empowerment around money, especially as CEOs, right? We're here to grow not just small businesses, but we're here to grow some empires. And with that, I'm just so excited to have someone that I really trust to guide you through this type of money conversation, making sure that we're profiting first, that we're growing our businesses and being good stewards of money. So Kimberly, thank you so much for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And I'm so glad we're finally able to get together and have this conversation um, because it's one of my favorites. So (laughs) I can just tell your, your passion and your heart for this really shows. And that was one of the first things that I, that I felt when we spoke and I was like, I really trust you to have this type of conversation that can be kind of, you know, it can bring up some, some mindset drama, which we'll get to in this conversation. But first, I would just love for you to share a little bit about what led you to this area of work and helping other people with their, with their money, paying off debt, being good stewards of money. Like what, what led you to this work? Um, Well, it was not something, if you would have told me a decade ago that this is something that I would even be remotely considered doing, I would have laughed in your face. Um, I have math phobia. I don't like numbers. I feel very, um, I used to be the kid in school that when we would do drills or when we have a math test, I would freeze up. Like anything to do with numbers, I didn't want to have anything to do with it, basically. Um, I am an educator, (laughs) Um, but I tried really hard to do like elementary math or something that, you know, I could totally teach, right? But when it came to anything else, that was not my thing. Um, So I'm an educator 
by trade. That's what I, that's what I got my master's in and my um, degree in. My husband is also a teacher. So that gives you a good idea of like what type of income we're bringing in. So this is really important to the story. Cause I think a lot of people think that if they hear people saying I paid off debt, I'm debt free, or I, you know, built a multi-million dollar empire. They think, oh, they must have made it that way because of their circumstance, because they were in a certain type of class. We make excuses for how they got there and we excuse ourselves from whether it's us, right? Like we could never do it. So I always tell people, I'm a teacher. I started off making with my husband together less than $60,000 and we live in the DMB which is a very expensive area. Like we live next to DC and Baltimore. Um, And so when we started off our situation, we got married, um, we're fresh out of college and we had $76,000 worth of student loan debt. They were all private loans and they were really high. And when you're not making a ton of money between the both of you and you're like, well, how do we do this? This is I don't, I don't understand how we're going to be able to, to handle this. Um, instead of being fearful, we went and sought out answers. So we took a class, understood a little bit more about how to manage our money. And it really helped us as a couple be able to have common and commonality, commonality in language. <laughs> and it helped us be able to say like, this is what I dream. This is what I dream. And let's bring it together. Anyway, so all that to say, we really started just looking at our finances. And then when we really got and put our heads together, we were like, wait, we could pay this off faster than the 30 years they're telling us we can pay this off. If we just focus and get really like, you know, gung-ho, we could get this paid off quicker and be able to like live our lives without worrying about this like debt, like looming over our heads. Right. And so in 28 months, we got rid of it. Um, we worked extra. There was a lot of like time that I was, but we were like passing ships in the night. Like we were working a lot, but we got it done and we paid it off, um, in 28 months. And after that, we never looked back. I was like, I kind of love this no debt life. I kind of want to continue doing this however it takes. And then it turned into other dreams, like where I wanted to be able to stay home with my daughter. When I had, when we ever, whenever we started having kids, I wanted to have the option to stay home for a year. Um, and I think that's really what it was. I wanted to have a choice. I never knew that I would ever leave education. I loved education. I wanted to do the administration track. Like that was something that was a goal of mine. Um, but then when we were, you know, going through things and I was like, I just want to have a choice. And that's really what anyone really wants is just a choice to be able to do choose A or B and not be pigeonholed into this is the only option you have because of your circumstances. So we worked to make sure we had that available. And so I took a whole year off and then I decided I really like staying at home. I really want to be able to work from home. And so that led into a whole host of other things. I started doing network marketing and that was able to help us pay for the first part of our bills. And I was able to do, I did one more year of teaching and then I quit, um, did the network marketing thing, loved it. Then I was open to a whole brand new world where I learned that entrepreneurs, especially female entrepreneurs, especially in the new network marketing, but also in the coaching space, in the product space, they don't know where their money goes. And I was like floored when I realized this, because I thought for sure entrepreneurs are on top of their money um, and they're paying themselves with their due. And when I learned from so many different experiences, talking to different people who are on the top ranks of their businesses and whatever, still struggling with debt, still struggling with how to pay themselves, still struggling with like, I have to work and I have to continue the hustle. I was like, that's not what I want. That's not what I'm like, is that really what you want? And then when you have that conversation and realize that's not what they wanted. And I kind of had this like, I call it my Moses, like burning bush experience where I kept saying, no, I don't want to do this. Like, 
I, there's no way I can teach people how to look at their numbers because I'm scared of numbers. Like I'm good at ours, but I don't know how I'm going to help someone else. Um, and it just kept coming back to me that this is what you should do next. Um, and so then I just was like, all right. And I took the leap and went for it in January of 2020. I started KG Financial. Um, since then, I've helped women pay off and save um, their entrepreneurs in their businesses and also in their family pay off and save over $300,000. Um, several of them have become debt free and have continuously stayed debt free because I really am more about making sure that they have the tools and strategies that work specifically for them, not just here's a kit or here's something something that could work for you, you're just going to have to amend it on yourself. Like we make sure that we work on something together. So that's kind of how I got where I am <laughs> now. And uh, I have another kid and my husband, he's the, the next step is to retire him, but you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> First of all, I love that you share that story. And I love that you came out of the game. You were like, look, I was not good with numbers. Like I did not <laughs> like numbers. I was not that type of person because I think that oftentimes we we kind of like say no to things because it's out of our comfort zone because we don't think that we could be the person that x y and z but what I love about your story is that you like God really just led you to continue down a journey and it shows that sometimes we just have to surrender to that bigger plan, because what's on the other side of that is so much bigger. You're able to stay home with your family. You're able to help others. You're able to kind of spread this wealth of knowledge, honestly, in a container for a lot of people where they don't feel like they're being mansplained to, they don't feel like they're being looked down upon, like your mission gets to really serve so many people. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm curious about one thing, because I do know even have, I've spoken to people at like the multiple six figure scaling to seven figure level. And there, there is a lot of still at that level. We think that once we start making more consistent air quotes money, every business has ebbs and flows, but we mm-hmm. think that when we get to a certain level of income, that then money just becomes so much easier. Yeah. And that's not quite the case. So what would no. you say to somebody that's, <laughs> well, I don't really need to worry about, you know, financial planning and looking at my budget for my business and how to pay myself first, because my income is just so all over the place. Yes. Oh my gosh. So organization is big, right? First of all, lifestyle creep is a real thing. Um, So, uh, you know, in education, as I mentioned, you always saw that person who was like, oh, complaining about their debt, complaining about, you know, the pay and all that stuff. And they're just griping and complaining about the debt that they have. This might be you, right? The person who's listening, right? It might be, you know, like you're griping and complaining about all these things. And then as soon as you get a raise, that's really a good teller of like, what do you value and what do you, what are your priorities? Because what a lot of people do is when they first get that like raise and they get that extra bump in their paycheck, they go buy something, a car, they go like go on a huge vacation and they completely blow that bonus that they just got. Right. And they might put some of it into savings, but again, just because you're putting money into savings and just because you're saying, yeah, there's something in there does not mean that you know how to manage it. Managing and having money are two very different things. And I think what I see with a lot of my clients who are in the multiple like six figure, um, business like realm is that they're like, there's so much money. I just don't know where to put it all. And I just hoard it into one place. That does not necessarily mean, even though they are success, a success from the outside, they got the clouds, the clothes, they got the house, they got, you know, they look at, they look amazing, but the cash flow wise and organization is a complete mess. Right. And I think for a lot of entrepreneurs who might be listening to this, this is a facade that we see often 
where we see that six figure business owner with her beautiful hair. And she's like, yes, I did it. But you don't know what's going on beyond the surface. Like you don't know. And I'm telling you from a person who has seen and experienced it from those clients, they do not have it all together. Any person can make it to six figures and say they're a six figure business owner and make a net zero profit. Like anyone can say, yeah, I I made no money. Like it all went out the window, but I'm a six figure business owner. And when you kind of have that mindset, you're like, wait, wait, I shouldn't be so focused on like these other people you need to focus on what are you doing? Like, what are your habits when you get that raise? What are your habits when you get that new money coming in? What are your priorities? Like, do you talk about money in a way that with your spouse or with your kids in a way that you know that without a doubt, you guys are taken care of, not just, I hope we're taken care of because there's a whole bunch of money in there, but without a doubt that you are taken care of. And I think those are two very different things because many people fall prey to lifestyle creep. And it doesn't hit them that they're in a crisis with their finances until something happens to them. And now all of a sudden they're playing catch up and they're like, I had all of this money, like the despair I see in those eyes, right? I had all this money and all this opportunity to get it right. And now I have nothing. Like there is nothing worse than seeing that type of like fear in their eyes of like, I had the opportunity and I blew it. And now I have to play catch up and now I'm back in debt. And now I'm, there's just a whole host of things. So yeah, it is, it's a, it's a really big deal. It's not just about, I'm just making consistent income. Like, do you organize it in a way where you are for sure, for sure that you are taking care of, um, not just for now, but in the future. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think what that really allows all of us to do is realize that there is no one right milestone to wait for to then you know take control over our finances and even though when we're you know this is a whole other conversation but even at the multiple six figure multiple six figure level every business goes through ebbs and flows it's part of a business cycle so even if you're right now you know maybe one month you make 5k and then you make 2k and then you make 8k and then you make 10k like there, this is still a great time for everyone to say this applies to me as a business owner exactly where I'm at. So what would you say are some fundamental things that they should really consider mm-hmm. right now, wherever their business is right now, even if they're, they're in their mind, they're saying, yeah, but it's so all over the place. It's so inconsistent. How do I make sure that I'm really taking care of myself, my business financially? What mm-hmm. are some ways that they can kind of get started? This is a really great question, and it involves your home finances and your business finances, which was one thing that I, as a coach, had to really figure out because I one time only worked with people in their home finances. And when those people are business owners, I was like, "Mm -mm, the business has to be a part of this too, because what a lot of people do is they mix their home and business finances, which is a big no-no. Don't do that. That's like, nope. You need to make sure they're separate entities, first of all. Um, So the first thing that you need to do is really be um, thinking about what is happening in my home finances? What is happening in my business finances? What are my, uh, in both ones separately, what are the normal things that I pay for in a given month? Your fixed expenses, but it's not really the fixed ones that like mess us up. It's the variable expenses. So track those two, track the variable expenses, see what your, your, um, your types of like 
habits have been, right? So when you see those habits kind of fall into place and you're seeing like, okay, this is how much I absolutely need. I've heard someone call it the ramen noodle budget, but I don't want you to think about it as like, oh, I have to live below. I have to be like, I can't enjoy my money. That's not what I'm saying. But you have to have an idea of what that ground level, I must bring home X amount of dollars. You have to have that amount in your mind of your home finances to help you with your business. So if you are a person who just made 5k, right. And you are in a process of making sure you pay yourself. One of the things, one of the resources I love is profit first by Mike Michalowicz. If you have not checked it out, go look it up on YouTube or read his book. It's phenomenal. He talks about a lot of the same stuff about just making sure that you're making sure that you're putting yourself first and making sure you have organization in your finances. But in your business, what's going to happen is you're going to consistently pay yourself off of every single sale. The percentage might look different depending on what type of business you have, but you need to pay yourself a percentage of every single sale. I don't care if it's a dollar or $2,000, right? So when you pay yourself, your goal is not most, many people are like, I want to get to 10K in sales. That is the marker of success. We don't care about that, right? So I teach my clients, no, no, no. Do you need, how much do you need for your household to run? $2,000, that's your measure of success. Get to $2,000. So pay yourself a percentage. Some of it stays in your business. Some of it goes directly to you and you pay yourself. When you get to that 2000 mark, you've hit that minimum level. Anything above that, oh my gosh, can now go into savings, right? Can now be something that allows you to, you can put it into a reserve for savings so that when you have another low month, you've got money there to sustain you, right? This is different than an emergency fund. You want your emergency fund to never, ever be touched, right? This is for an emergency. You having a low sales month isn't inevitable. It's going to happen. You are a business owner, so prepare for that. So this is something else that we put aside to make sure we have money for the next time there is a low sales month. So um, again, if your goal is just to have $2,000 for your home finances, and if you build that reserve over the next couple of months to 2,000 there, you have a month backup so that you're able to still keep that going. And then when you have more money, even after that, right? I know I'm probably going further. So hopefully people are following me, but if you go past that 2,000 and you're still able to pay yourself more, you already have that reserve ready for a backup. Now you can use that money to do the things you enjoy, right? Now you can do the things and you can say, I am a successful business owner that can handle her own, that has everything paid for, for a month in advance. And now I'm able to actually, you know, uh, pay for my kids going to private school. I can pay for all of these things. I can save up for those things. And that is like such a, it's a, the big thing that people don't want to do this. Cause I'm sure per, people probably heard that and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm already confused. Like, where do I even start? I, the first thing I said, so I'm going to make sure that you guys have this as like something that you're like, the first thing I said was track where your money is going. What is the fixed expenses that you have to pay? Where has your money gone? That is variable, write it down, categorize it. So you have an understanding of your habits. Your habits are really where it's at. If you can get into a habit of understanding where your money is going, you are going to be so much better and so much more fulfilled and successful in the long run even if you're making 5K consistently every month, you're going to feel like you're making $100,000 every month because you are able to handle all the things that are per like needed for your home finances. So I hope that resonates for a lot of people because I think we get caught up in that sales number and that's not really, it's, it's arbitrary. Is it nice for us to celebrate? Yes, but it's not as, as important as being able to make sure you can bring food on the table and save and make sure you're prepared for your family. Totally. And I think that also gives us a sense of like, okay, what do I actually need in order for my business to also nourish, you know, what I want to bring home? 
And for a lot of y'all, it's going to show you that you need to increase those prices, right? Like <laughs> it may yes. be time for a price increase when you actually see what do I need to be making in order to sustain, yes, my business, but also my family and make sure that, that we are all taken care of. Because that's why we start businesses in the first place. Anyway, mm-hmm. I just had to add that. <laughs> like, no, and it's so true. That, they realize they're ready for a price increase. Yes. And you, you, I think you understand your value more. Don't you deserve to like feed your family and have savings? And don't you deserve that? Like raise your prices. And you will find that when you are more, when you have that understanding of what you're worth, because you know, like what you absolutely need to bring in and the things that you want for your family and your future, then you're not going to settle for anyone who's going to say, mm, I want a freebie, or I only want to pay half, or you're not going to settle for that because you know that you're worth more and you might be able to work less and make more for your family as, as a result, because you're working, like your prices are now higher. So you only need two or three people as opposed to 10 that you're chasing. Like it's, it's, it definitely changes the way you view your business and your mind and your mindset going into, you know, what you need for your personal life as well. I love it. Out of curiosity, do you have any apps that you recommend or like, what are some easy like tools that people can download today? To start yeah. Tracking? You Need a Budget is a really great app. Um, the Mint.com is a really great app as well. That's one I personally used when I first started looking at my finances. Um, the old-fashioned envelope method is a really great method if you're trying to figure out how to understand those variable expenses. I use the uh, cash flow method, um, the envelope method for eating out and for groceries. It just keeps me in line and I like it. And it's it's it, it allows us to to save over $2,000 every month. And it's, it's one of those things that allows us to be able to be more free with the things we truly want, because it, it just makes so much more sense. Like, <laughs> um, and so there are so many different methods out there, which I think is confusing too, because literally, if you go on Google and look up budget or look up, there's a crap ton <laughs> of just like methods and you should do this. And this is the fire method. And this is the Dave Ramsey method. And this, there's so many things out there. And what we have to understand is that you are unique. Find what works for you that helps you stay consistent and go with that, but give it 30 days. Don't just quit after two weeks. (laughs) Yes. So important. So as they go and they download these things and they start tracking their, their finances, I know we both know that there is a lot of mindset drama that tends to come up. Maybe there's some shame that comes up. Maybe there's some fear. Maybe there's um, just overall resistance to even looking at numbers. So I'm curious, as someone who who works with clients on this, what are some of the big mindset blocks that you see? And maybe offer some shifts or some, you know, maybe some perspective things that we can start implementing so we can feel a little bit more liberated around money. Yes. I love it. So I hear a lot of people say, I'm not good with money. So why, how are you going to help me? I'm not good with money. And that's like a scarcity mindset. So I know many people have probably heard of like scarcity and abundance mindset. Um, And I'm going to talk about abundance in a lot of different ways, because this was one thing that I think I was talking to someone the other day and I, I have a new perspective of abundance. So I'll share that in a moment. But a lot of the things that I hear is that I'm not good with money or someone else will take care of this for me. I have a lot of people who are like, my husband handles it. He handles the money and I'm just trusting him. But I mean, we don't want to talk about it, but if he's gone, we've, we've seen that option. We've seen that happen time and time again, where the spouse is no longer with us. And now the other spouse has to understand how to handle all of it. And that's not a situation you want to ever be in. So Fight to be a part of the conversation, even if it's just that you're understanding the overarching thing, but fight to be a part of the conversation. It's so important. 
people with money are greedy. I think, especially with women of color, I'm so glad that I'm on this podcast where we can have this conversation and be real. Women of color, I feel like there are parts of us who are like, yeah, girl, go ahead, get the, get the bag, get that bag, secure it, all that stuff. And we're all about that. But when we try to put up boundaries and say like, I'm trying to pay off my debt, I'm trying to do better, or I'm trying to whatever we say, oh, you're greedy. You're wanting more for your services. Why is that? You know, like, shouldn't you be offering us because we're all like, we're on the same team. You should be offering me a discount. Like, no, you are a business owner and we can't be, that's a scarcity mindset on their part, thinking that there's not an, like, there's not enough for them that they can pay you full price. You are worth the full price. And not only that, but like that we have this idea that if we see someone of color or whatever, who has really good amount of money and they choose not to give to somewhere, they choose not to give handouts that they are greedy. And that is not the case, right? girl. I'm just saying like, that is not the case. And we can't automatically assume that just because one of us becomes, you know, higher up and, and, and we say higher up in quotations, but it, they're rising above and they're doing their thing and they're getting focused on their own goals that, oh no, they're, they're going to give me a handout. That's not what that means. Like you got to get your own right too. So that's, that's a mindset that I see a lot, especially in, in that culture. And then people saying, I'm not smart, talented, or privileged enough. I don't care where you come from. You can find story after story after story look on YouTube of people who've started from nothing and have been able to get to where you desire to be. And you're over here sulking because I'm not good enough. You are more than good enough and you can do it. Will it take work? Yes. There might be different degrees of work, but you can do it. Um, and that, that is, those are some of the main like scarcity, like things that I hear. And unfortunately, like when I see people who are in that mind frame, I'm like, we need to do some internal work before you're ready to actually do the work that I'm, that we're going to do together, because you're not going to be able to handle some of the shifts that I'm asking you to make. If you can't tell yourself and believe that you are worthy of understanding your finances, because you know, it's going to take you to a better place Um, into that abundance mindset where you say, I like looking at my money. I am good with my money. I believe that it will come to me and that I will work hard for it. Um, I'm always enough. Like I am doing what I can do, right? Like I'm worthy of my price raise. Um, Abundance is one of these things. So here's, you're going to love this one, right? So someone said to me, well, I want to live abundantly and it's something that I'm working on. And so that means that I should be able to, um, if I want to go get that dress, then I'm, I'm going to live the abundant life that I choose to live. And so I have to put it out there. So I'm going to just go ahead and buy it. And I'm like, no, that's not what abundance means. You're completely mistaken. That's not what abundance means. Abundance means when you, um, so I looked in my pantry I'll say this because I had someone else do this too. I have so many analogies. So I had someone look in their pantry. They were talking about how they, they needed to come up with $700 more. They realized that in my program, they can tell how far of a deficit they're going to be in for the month before the month begins. So she's like, I have a $700 deficit. What am I going to do? And I said, okay, here's the first thing you're going to do. You're going to go into your pantry and I want you to look at everything in there. And I want you to cook from there first before you go out to the grocery store, like make your meal plan from there. And when she looked in there, she realized she had so much stuff. She had so many like cans, so many like frozen meat in her freezer that she forgot she had there, like so much food already within her house. That's abundance. Okay. So when you are taking full intentionality of what's in front of you and you realize I have more than enough here, that's abundance. 
So when you are, are understanding and you are intentional about that, you're going to feel, you're not going to feel like, oh, I have to have what that person has because I feel like she has more. You realize that what you have in front of you is just enough. It's enough for you. And so when you have that and you are operating in that and you're grateful for that, that's when the overflow of abundance comes in because you are aware of what's in front of you. Same thing with your finances. If you are aware of what you have to bring in and you focus with intention on, I need to bring in this much to pay for whatever I need for my family, whatever I need for my business, the overflow will come because you're paying attention to it. <laughs> and, and like, that is, that is a, an abundance shift that I think a lot of people have to like get out of. Because that, that is a misconception that I keep hearing. Like, I want to live abundantly. Like, well, are you actually looking at your finances right now? Did you realize that you got a raise? Like you got a bonus two months ago. What did you do with it? Like, did you actually give thanks for that and actually put it to use? Mm-hmm. I Look, love I it. I bought a bag. <laughs> and we, we always talk, we talk about overflow here. And I love that, that, that came in, right? Overflow is not created by thinking that it's something outside of us that we constantly have to chase or change to in order to attract. Like we always have. And I think of like, even, I think it's even like biblical, right? God gives you more than enough for today, for Mm -hmm. today, for today. So if we're constantly thinking, I don't have enough, I don't have enough, I don't have enough, we're missing it. Exactly. It's like, the story of the woman in the well, like whenever mm-hmm. I said that, that was the story that just came up in my diva the next day. And I was like, that's it. That's the woman at the well. She trusted that this vial of, of this vessel that she had of oil was going to be enough. And she was like, I'm going to trust God. And I'm going to get all these like, you know, barrels of, of, you know, vases and I'm just going to do it. And it, it kept going. And then she was able to sell it, pay off her debts and then some, and have even more for her life to start a business, right? I have this whole thing where um, I need to do a podcast on it, but Proverbs 31 is a blueprint for the businesswoman that we can be. Many people think about it as like, oh, it's how a wife should be. It's a blueprint for a businesswoman. Like read it again through an eye, through the lens of a businesswoman. She's never in want. Like that's not what God designed us to, to be in, like constantly. We should be dependent on him, yes. Like rely on him, yes. But he gives us enough for what we have right here. And when we take the time to intentionally recognize that, that's when that overflow comes in, like you were mentioning. So love appreciation. that. Appreciation is always the gateway. And I also have to say this, I think that what tends to be the gateway for a lot of people, because I see it even on like on my consults, right? Is that there's an element of shame of maybe a debt that was incurred because something that they invested in before didn't quite work out. And Mm -hmm. they see this debt as something like, I'm not worthy of even expanding myself to receive more, or I'm not worthy of, of doing what I'm feeling called to do because this is, this is a debt. And first of all, I love that you mentioned there has to be separation between personal finances and business finances, right? right? And second of all, I think that there's there's also a level of like, it's this level of knowing that debt, it can be a very temporary thing. What makes it persist longer than it needs to is when we think that it's something that has more power over us versus something that we have control over. And I love that you mentioned like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter um, your background. It doesn't matter what even what's happened in the past, your results in the past. We have enough. We have the resources. We have the support in order to change that story, in order to change, first of all, our relationship with money, which includes debt. Mm -hmm. And also, how can we allow ourselves to 
to take our power back from all these things that we're told like, no, 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 it's bad. If you have this and you're a bad person, you have this and it's hopeless and the game over. Like we can actually take our power back as women, as CEOs and just as people and be like, no, this is something that is neutral. doesn't mean anything about me. I'm no lesser than. I can actually make an empowered decision today to take control back over that. I know that it's just something that was a part of my journey. Yeah. And that, and that, and that's, it is what it is, right? Like you can't help what you, what you did five years ago, 10 years ago, right? You, the only thing you can do is say, okay, you know what? I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to focus. I'm going to get it done. And I'm going to take that power back. Right. I mean, I feel like in any of those situations, whenever I think about, um, you know, I love that we're talking scripture, you know, the, the lender, or is it the, the lender is slave to, no, 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 the, the renter, what is it called? What's that verse? You're slave to the lender, but it's the mm-hmm. borrower is slave to the lender. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times, like we feel those chains and those chains tighten when we're feeling like, oh no, I can't do the things that I truly want to do. All of a sudden we feel all the chains of the things that we've, we've purchased or the things that we've put debt on. And that can feel so like emotionally draining. Like we feel like we cannot move on. I was just talking to someone who we have a call, we have a consult coming up and she was like, I'm so afraid of looking at all of the things that I, the debt that I've accrued. Like I know it's high, but I'm so scared of looking at it. And I said, it's kind of like, you know, when your kid's scared of the monster under the bed and it's just a dust bunny, you're bigger than it. You can't handle it. It might be like a number that you were like, okay, I was not expecting that number, but going forward, we have a plan to fix it. Like we are going to armor up and have everything that we need to combat this. This is not going to consume you. And you're not going to continue to go back to the lender and like, keep taking from that, that don't do that. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like we're going to get the, the, the strength and the armor and everything that we need to take care of this tiny little dust bunny. Like Mm-hmm. It's going to be okay. And I think when you, you have to really like shift your mindset there. And that's where like coaching, a lot of what I do is less number crunching and more coaching in the fact of like emotional coaching and like mindset coaching. And can you see what you've done and, and praise the small wins that you just had? Like we're changing habits time. After, like this is something that you've been dealing with for a decade. It's not going to change overnight. This is a process and we need to celebrate each moment of that process. So that's what a lot of my coaching actually ends up being. <laughs> um, and then the money part is just like, uh, you know, just a part, a vehicle of it all, but um, right. yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also helpful when we think about, you know, we're in business for a reason and whatever that we've accrued, it's like, we have a plan to overcome it. And yeah. there's more where that came from. Exactly. And I think that's such an important thing for people to recognize that when you have a plan in place, it makes it so much easier for you to reinvest in your business and do other things because you know that you have more than enough coming and you have enough in front of you and you have a plan in place to make sure it happens. Like it it makes it so different if you decided to invest in yourself at a later time than if you're just blindly swiping. Right. I love it. Thank you so much for being here. This is, this is just so juicy and value packed. Where can people find you? Yeah, well, you can find me. Um, I have a Facebook group called Small Business Success uh, Strategies for Financial Wellness. You're welcome to join me there. You can also find me on my website, kgfinancialcoach.com. Um, and I have a podcast um, that's called Finesse Your Business. And we do our live streams in our small business group. And so you can catch us there live and, and ask us any questions that you have um, and connect with me more there. 
I love it. And I have your link. So that'll be in the description and the show notes for everybody to click and hit you up. Kimberly, thank you so much for being here. This was amazing. And I really just appreciate you and what you're doing. And yeah, I'm just, I'm so grateful to you. Yes. And thank you so much for inviting me. I've had an awesome time and I cannot wait for more collaborations in the future. Yes. All right, everybody. (laughs) See you in the next one. amiga real quick did you find value in today's episode if you did take a screenshot right now share it on your instagram story with your biggest takeaways and be sure to tag me at the liberated latina this allows me to see what you are most enjoying about the show and it grows a community of liberated hermanas thank you so much for hanging out today i hope you had as much fun as i did and i'll catch you in the next one besitos